Hey everyone, it's Ruby here. Just a heads up, this episode contains descriptions of sexual assault. At the end of the episode, we'll share some numbers that you can call if it's raised any issues for you. From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Last month, a Liberal staffer went public, alleging she was raped at Parliament House. Claims of rape, roadblocks to a police investigation and a young woman forced to choose between her career and the pursuit of justice. In the days that followed, a number of other women said they too were assaulted, allegedly by the same man. In the morning newspapers, a third allegation of sexual assault. By afternoon, a fourth. Then, five days ago, another allegation of rape was levelled, this time at a cabinet minister in the federal government. And the entire cabinet has, if you like, a smear over it that there is an historical rape allegation from 1988. The minister hasn't been named, and the woman who made the allegation died last year. The woman's friends are calling for an inquiry, but so far Prime Minister Scott Morrison has said that won't happen. It's not for me as Prime Minister to seek to interfere or intervene in those processes. Today, Chief Political Correspondent for the Saturday paper, Karen Middleton, on the sexual assault crisis that's rocked the country. Karen, over the past few weeks, we've seen accusation after accusation raised against people working at Parliament House. This all really started, though, when Brittany Higgins, a former staffer, went public. So tell me about what we know about her allegations and how they were handled. Yes, her allegation is that in March of 2019, uh, a senior advisor who also worked for the Defence Industry Minister Linda Reynolds, now the Defence Minister, raped her on the minister's couch after drinks one Friday night. Brittany Higgins did speak to the police that are based at Parliament House, but didn't opt to make a formal complaint. And after that, she moved to the office of Senator Michaelia Cash, and she worked there until February of this year when she decided she was going to resign and ultimately went to the media to tell the story of what she says happened to her two years earlier. The questions that have arisen since then are really about whether government ministers did all they could to help her, whether they encouraged her to report it to police. Mm. And one of the big questions that's arisen since then is this question about who knew about the alleged assault and when they knew. Um, And it seems like within a few days of of the alleged assault, um, Linda Reynolds, the Defence Industry Minister at the time, whose office it's alleged to have happened in, she knew about it. Did she tell anyone? She says she didn't tell the Prime Minister, and this has been key to the political debate over this issue in, in the last two weeks. As, I've, I, as I have affirmed in this, this place, I did not advise the Prime Minister because it was not my place to do so. I also he insists he only found out about it the day that the news story was published. The Prime Minister has the call. Speaker, as I've already advised the House, I thank the member for a question that I first became aware of these matters on the 15th of February. That his staff found out about it three days before that when Samantha Maiden, the journalist, lodged questions about the incident but that they didn't tell him either. And I'm advised my staff became first aware of this matters of the sexual assault on the 12th of February, Mr Speaker, and the other matters that have been raised are the subject of the processes that I've already outlined to the House. So the speculation has been around whether that is a credible 
um, sequence of events involving a prime minister when there are serious allegations around, you know, an event that occurred in a cabinet minister's office. Right. So the prime minister is maintaining that he did not know about the allegation of rape in a minister's office down the hall from his own office until it was reported by the media. And that is despite the fact that Linda Reynolds had had known for years and and staff in his own office had known about the allegation for, for days. Is that credible, Karen, that he would be the last to know about something like this? Well, we have to take the Prime Minister at his word. The former Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, has said that he doesn't believe that it's credible. Well, I, I, I find it incredible. Uh, that's to say very, very, very hard to believe that uh, the Prime Minister's office would not have been aware of that incident as soon as it occurred. He believes, based on his experience as a Prime Minister, that senior minister would have told the Prime Minister in advance that something like this had occurred, certainly before the news story appeared. I mean, if if they weren't, it was a complete failure uh, of, the, of the system. Other people have raised questions about whether it's a likely sequence of events, given that Scott Morrison keeps a very close eye on the, on the political tactics and strategy of the government and manages a lot of it himself. And we can assume that members of his staff would have been concerned about the impact that this story might have had. You've got to remember that the alleged offence occurred in late March of 2019. The federal budget was being held in April, just a week or two later, and then the federal election was called. So literally they were on the eve of an election. They were very concerned about the prospect that they might lose that election. And so they were also very sensitive to any issues that might have caused any problems. So the pressure has been mounting in the last couple of weeks on this issue. It hasn't gone away. We've seen question after question being asked about what Brittany Higgins says happened to her and who knew what and when they knew and what they did about it. And then on uh, Friday evening... To some breaking news now about a historical rape allegation involving a cabinet minister. The ABC broadcast and published a story that revealed that several members of parliament, two senators and the prime minister, had received a letter that day anonymously uh, suggesting that a young woman had been raped when she was 16 back in 1988 by a man who is now a current member of the cabinet. Uh, Attached to the letter is a detailed account of the alleged rape back in 1988 when the woman was just 16 years old. Now, this alleged offence is said to have occurred before he was in politics. The name of the minister hasn't been published, uh, but the letter was sent to Scott Morrison and to Labor's leader in the Senate, Penny Wong, and South Australian Greens Senator Sarah Hanson-Young. Very sadly, this woman took her own life in June last year. But before she did that, she went to complain to New South Wales Police about this alleged incident and had been going to make a formal statement. They've all forwarded that letter to the Federal Police and accompanying that letter, we understand, was a a brief of evidence, allegedly, of information to support this allegation. We'll be back after this. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating. 
visionary, reformer, and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. As a a 7am listener, you're already familiar with many of the journalists who work for The Saturday Paper. For a limited time, subscribe to Australia's leading independent news source, The Saturday Paper, and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. Karen, let's talk about the Prime Minister's response to this rape allegation against one of his ministers. What is Scott Morrison saying? Did he know about this allegation before it was made public? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here to release... He gave a news conference on Monday saying that because it was now in the hands of the federal police that he wouldn't speak any further about it. The police have had this matter referred to them. Uh, The individual involved here has, has vigorously rejected these allegations. And so it's a matter for the police... And in my discussions with the Commissioner, uh, there, were, there were nothing immediate uh, that he considered that was necessary uh, for me to take any action. He did say when he was asked whether he'd heard about these alleged offences or this allegation prior to receiving this letter, he said he'd heard rumours um, about something to do with a member at the time that the ABC Four Corners program was being broadcast in November of last year. And had you heard about these claims at all before last week? No, not really of any substance. No. What, what, what have you heard, if not of substance? Only, uh, only rumours of, of, of a, an ABC investigative journalist um, uh, making some inquiries. That's all I'd heard. I didn't know the substance of it. He insisted he didn't know the detail of, of any allegation, but that he had heard rumours. Did you know who it was about when you heard those um, rumours or you heard vaguely about... I I tend to not pay attention to rumours. But he is relying heavily on the fact that it's been now sent to the federal police uh, as his reason for not wanting to talk about it any further in public. Very sadly, Prime Minister, the I think it's appropriate for the matter to be dealt with the federal police and the federal police to, to advise me of the, of the nature of this, um, which, which they're doing. Um, and at this... Right, so Scott Morrison is saying that he didn't really know about this, although he had heard some rumours, which it sounds like he didn't follow up on, and it looks like he won't be holding an inquiry and he's saying that the federal police are dealing with this. So what, what does that mean? What's likely to happen next? Well, that's another important point. The Prime Minister is saying because it's been referred to the federal police that he can't speak about it any further, implying that there is now an investigation on foot. But the federal police don't have jurisdiction at this stage to investigate the alleged offence because those were not offences allegedly committed under Commonwealth law. They were allegations of rape and those are offences under state law. So if any police investigation was going to ensue, it would have to occur in the state where the offence was said to have occurred. In the case of the Cabinet Minister who's being accused, we understand from the detail of that letter that the offence was said to have occurred in Sydney. So in other words, as of early this week, there was no federal police investigation underway and and it would be wrong to suggest that an AFP investigation was on foot. 
I know that this is a hard question, Karen, but do you have any thoughts on what might happen here? Because I suppose I'm at a bit of a, a loss, but this is a serious allegation, an allegation of rape against a cabinet minister. The person who made the allegation, she has now passed away, but presumably pressure on this is not going to relent. I mean, this is not a, a small thing. It's it's an incredibly complex and difficult issue, both in a legal sense and in a political sense. In a legal sense, what we know is that the woman who made the allegation of rape against the Cabinet Minister is no longer living. She took her own life in June of last year, and it makes any prosecution extremely difficult because she is not there to speak to her allegation or to be cross-examined. That makes prosecution almost impossible. In a political sense, it puts the Prime Minister and the Minister about whom the allegation is made in an extremely difficult position too. They argue that no minister should have to stand aside if no offence has been proven to the point that any charges have been laid. And the Ministerial Code of Conduct suggests that that is the test for standing aside a minister if he or she has been charged with something. The Prime Minister is defending him uh, in the absence of using his name at this point, but it's going to be a pretty tough political situation with this sort of hanging in the air without any resolution, either legally or politically. We have to remember that natural justice is very important and that we have a system in this country of someone being innocent until proven guilty. We're dealing with uh, allegations about people unnamed that can't be tested but, but have the potential to cause damage and clearly a young woman has taken her own life, which is an absolute tragedy. And so, you know, it's an awful situation for, for a whole lot of people, most, most awful for the woman herself and the people closest to her. And, Karen, speaking in, like, in a broad sense here, you have worked in Canberra for a long time and you, you know the culture there. How significant do you think this moment in time is it seems from the outside to be completely un unprecedented. It looks not like anything I've seen in politics in the 30 years I've been covering it. Uh, we've certainly heard allegations of sexual harassment and rumours of worse, but this has all kind of conflated, I guess, now with the case of Brittany Higgins and now these subsequent allegations into, well, verging on a crisis for the government it remains to be seen how it ends up being resolved and whether the Prime Minister can just um, tough it out and insist that nothing further needs to be done. But in terms of the current political culture, it's been said loudly and increasingly loudly in the last fortnight that there's a culture that exacerbates the risk of sexual um, harassment and even sexual violence by its permissiveness, um, by the sense of impunity that people with power have in the parliamentary precinct in the building and just in, in political life in general, and that something needs to be done about that. And it does feel like there's a, a momentum around that that hasn't occurred before. Karen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ruby. If this episode has raised issues for you, you can get support at 1800 Respect. Those numbers are 1800 737 732.
Sydney Dance Company explodes on stage with Memento. This world premiere by acclaimed choreographer Raphael Bonicella is unmissable contemporary dance. Strictly limited season from the 28th of May to the 8th of June. Book now at sydneydancecompany.com. Also in the news today, New South Wales police have confirmed they won't be investigating the historical rape allegation made against a sitting cabinet minister, citing insufficient admissible evidence. In a statement, police said they now considered the matter closed. Meanwhile, former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has called on the accused minister to make a public statement addressing the allegations. And a Royal Commission into Victoria's mental health system has found that it catastrophically failed to live up to expectations and must be rebuilt. Premier Daniel Andrews has promised to implement all of the report's 65 recommendations. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.